This podcast is brought to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church of Lubbock, Texas. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com. The highlight of my week is the praise of the Lord with you, so I welcome all of you here. If you're a first-time guest, we're really, really glad to see you here. We love people, and so we welcome you. Make your home. If you feel like taking your shoes off, go ahead. It's okay. Just want you to feel comfortable and realize God's got a plan for your life. If you need a Bible, why don't you get your hand up real high? We want to get the Word of God in your hand and before your eyes. You know, it's the Word of God that'll change you. And sometimes the Word of God has the tendency to convict your heart, but that's a good thing. Once you've got a Bible, go with me to the book of Luke 15. We'll start in Luke 15 and then we'll go to Psalm 23, which has been our main text for several weeks now. Now, uh, as you're turning to Luke 15, understand this, the Lord is the good shepherd. And the good shepherd wants to provide, the good shepherd wants to protect. Uh, the good shepherd, he just wants to be good to every one of us. Not just the selected few, but every one of us. And so here briefly when we get going here, I want to show you biblically the significance of just one. Just one person, just one human being. So we begin in Luke 15, verse number 1. Then all the tax collectors, the notorious wicked, and the sinners, the social outcasts, drew near to him to hear him. Now there's two uh, sides of this verse right there. Number one, the sinners drew near to hearing. For them to come near to hearing, that, that means they were comfortable coming around Jesus. Jesus had the ability to make sinners comfortable. But number two, Jesus wasn't against them being there. Actually, Jesus rejoiced that they were coming there. That, that he could have the opportunity to get around sinners. You know, uh, I don't know why this is coming to me, but years ago, I remember after one service, I was standing right here and people were leaving. And this young man who uh, had been coming to church for several weeks, he got born again and he started coming to church and he had heard the word of God that day. And he walked past me right there and he pounded his chest right here and he looked at me and he said, Pastor, that was some good crap, but he used another word. He said, that was some good stuff today. And he pounded his chest, and I, I got so tickled because I thought, he's just being real. It didn't bother me a bit, because you know what sinners do? They sin. And again, that was his way of expression. Man, God is good. So if you ever see me do that, say, that's some good stuff. Well, that's where that came from. Some good stuff. It's going to be some good stuff today. Verse 2, and the Pharisees and the scribes complained, saying, This man receives the sinners, and he even eats with them. They complained, but little did they know, their complaining was more of a compliment to Jesus. So there's three types of people right here. You have Jesus, you have the sinner, and you have the religious. Which one are you? And the ultimate goal is that all of us become like Jesus. That I never get in my heart that I'm any better than anybody else. And that was the religious. They were more concerned about their laws. They were more concerned about their traditions than they were about people. Let me remind you. Jesus came to this earth for people. Just like you and me. Now watch, you'll see the significance of one. Verse 3, so Jesus spoke this parable to them saying, what man of you having a hundred sheep, if he loses one of them, does he not leave the ninety-nine in the wilderness and go after the one which is lost until he finds it? 
And that's Jesus' heart for you, and it was for me, and for all the sinners of the world. That his ultimate goal is he comes after us until he finds us. Verse number 5. And when he has found it, he leaves it on his shoulder and he rejoices it. He puts it over his shoulder and, and he carries it. And that's what he wants to do for every one of us. He wants to help carry us through this thing called life. And when he comes home, he calls together his friends, his neighbors, saying to them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost. And that's the way we must look at people, even the sinners of the world. They're sheep that are needing a shepherd. Jesus, just like me and you start. And he ends in verse 7. I say to you that likewise there will be more joy in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 just persons who need no repentance. Now maybe we ought to learn something from that verse right there. Heaven throws a party over one sinner that repents. And so what this shows me is this again, guys. Repentance in heaven isn't a negative, it's a positive. And that's the thing that draws uh, heaven's applause. We ought to rejoice when sinners repent. We ought to rejoice when one another repents. And we come to know the Lord. And so right here in this passage, you begin to see the significance of the importance of one. Just one person. One sheep. And maybe that should be our assignment this week. To talk to that one lost. And maybe what? Just through your expressions of love. Just your words of encouragement. Maybe that one sheep will come to know the Lord. Now let's turn to Psalm 23. This has been our main text here for several weeks. And um, we still got a few weeks to go. The 23rd Psalm is only six verses. But we're getting about one or two verses a week. So we'll just keep adding to it. And here in Psalm 23, what you'll begin to find out is these first three verses, he talks about the shepherd. He talks to the shepherd. And he goes on to say, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He, the Lord, makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Now, Right after verse 3, everything begins to shift. That he begins to come out with spontaneous praise to the Lord. And he says in verse 4, Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. And I believe David right here was... Sending a message to every one of us. There's times in our life when it's going to feel like you're in the valley of the shadow of death. And some of you may say, that's where I'm at right now. A a place of tragedy, a a, a place of trouble, a place of bad. But there's great uh, warning in here, but also encouragement here. And when we talk about the valley of the shadow of death, It's a place of of deep darkness. It's a place that's dreadful. It's a gloomy experience. But if you'll note there, he said, Yea, though I walk right through it. He didn't say, Yea, though I pitch my tent and I stay there. And when we're in these areas of our life where it seems like the valley of shadow death, understand, he wants to be with us. 
So he says very next, even when I'm in that valley, I fear no evil. I don't have to get in a state where I feel like I'm dominated by fear. Why would he say that? Because he ends this and he says, for you are with me. You are with me. Remember this about God. Regardless of what arena of life you're in, he said, I'll never leave you nor forsake you. You are with me. Your rod, which signified protection, and your comfort. What did he say they would do? They comfort me. They protect me. And when you look at the word comfort, it's to console. It's, it's passionate. It's not just deep sympathy. It's deep, deep empathy. That God says, I want to be with you in those dark times. So I want you to think just a little bit about your life right now. Are you in a season where you say, I'm in the valley of the shadow of death. I'm in a real, real dark time of my life. I'm in a time of my life where, man, I have been dominated by fear. I don't know what to think. Well, I want to give you some words of encouragement today through the Word of God. Go with me to the book of 1 Samuel chapter 30. 1 Samuel chapter 30. And in this passage here, this is about King David. King David is, is 29 years old when this takes place in his life. And a lot of times when we read the stories of the Bible, we, we never have the thought that their lives were difficult or hard. Well, guess what? Every one of us in this room, we go into hard times in life. We go into difficulties in life, but God's there with us to help us in comfort. So begin with me, 1 Samuel chapter 30, verse 1. Now, it happened when David and his men came to Ziklag. Let me just tell you real briefly here. Ziklag is the place where David had made home. And he would be in Ziklag for about 16 months is where he lived. And him and the, the, the mighty men, the mighty warriors that were with him, they went on a hunting deal to, to find food and do the things they needed for resources. So this is where we pick back up. And on the third day, the Amalekites invaded the south in Ziklag. And they attacked Ziklag and they burned it with fire. And they had taken captive the women and those who were there from the small to the great. And they did not kill anyone, but they carried them away and went their way. So David and his men came to the city and there it was burned with fire. Their wives, their sons, their daughters had been taken captive. Now, in order to really get the, the full meaning of this, I've got to put myself and yourself in this story. So we're with them. And we come over this hill and as we come over the hill... One of the men with us says, look, do you see the fire? And the other says, not only do I see it, I can begin to smell it. And as they gaze down upon their city, their talking ends and they begin to run toward their home. And when they get there, they experience tragedy, they experience trouble, they experience bad. That all their possessions are gone. Their homes are burned to the ground. Their wives and their children are gone. This would literally be a valley of the shadow of death experience. Now, I don't know about you. I've had bad days before. But I don't know that I've ever had a bad day like that. Where everything I have is wiped out and gone. And when we get in a state like that, what do we do? 
So in this passage, we can learn what we can do. Verse 4. Then David and the people who were with him, they lifted up their voices. And they wept until they had no more power to weep. Now these guys that he was with, they weren't a bunch of sissies, okay? These were guys that were literally trained killers. They didn't have a problem cutting your head off. They didn't have a problem going to war. But in in life's losses, when we really hurt and there's a lot of pain, it's healthy to weep. Big boys don't cry. Whoever said that lied. Because again, these not only were men of God, these were, were valiant men. The Bible really declares that over them. So they begin to weep and they weep and they weep until they have no more power to weep. But in Psalm chapter 30 verse 5 it says, Weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. When it says that weeping may last for a night, it means literally that weeping may endure for a night. The word endure literally means that they made uh, uh, weeping their lodge for the night. In other words, they checked into the hotel called weeping for a night. And they cried and they cried and they cried before God. But when it says that joy comes in the morning, you know what that tells me? The story is subject to change. When I begin to hang on to the things of God, weeping may last for a night, but joy comes in the morning. Verse number 6 or 5. And David's two wives, Ahinanom, the Jezreelites, and Abigail, the widow of Nabal, the Carmelite, had been taken captive. Now David was greatly distressed. I bet so. David was greatly distressed. Not a little bit. And in my Bible it has a comma. And then it jumps toward this and it says, For the people spoke of stoning him, because the soul of all people was grieved. Now, just think about this a second. Here he loses everything he has. And he's thinking, I don't know that my life can get any worse. And then the next thing that happens, the very men that he'd been so good to, they say, let's kill him. And so now what David begins to experience, what many of us experience in this life, is a thing that you become aware of how fickle people can be. How fragile friendships can be. How loyalty can dissipate. How many have ever had someone that you really, really, really trusted that they disappointed you? Every one of us. And so these guys here, it says, they were grieved in heart. That word grieved means they were bitter. They were embittered in their heart. And the way they responded to life situation is they said, it's David's fault. Let's kill him. And so a sure sign of bitterness in your heart and my heart is when we blame other people. The reason I'm in the situation, the reason I'm subject to what I'm going through in life is because of you. And oftentimes we do that toward God or do we do that toward other people? Let me ask you this right now. You have blame toward someone in your life? 
I'm going to tell you, as long as we blame other people, we never go forward, okay? It is a self-imprisonment. I believe it's one of the greatest tricks of the devil that he knows as long as he's got us in bitterness, that means we have unforgiveness. And when we have unforgiveness as human beings, our nature is we plot revenge. I'm going to get even with them. But when I take on the character of God and the character of God says, forgive. And forgiveness is a choice. Forgiveness isn't a feeling. If you're waiting around until you feel good to to forgive somebody, you're probably never going to get there. But when I make the choice to forgive because God tells me to forgive them, I, I stay connected to God and even more so I stay connected to God's grace. And so these guys, his mighty men, these warriors who were really members of the Lonely Losers Club, these guys were losers until David came into their life. They're mad at David. But David could have very easily been blaming God. But instead of blaming God, look at the end of verse 6 what he does. But David strengthened himself and the Lord is God. David encouraged himself in the Lord is God. The message says he strengthened himself with trust in his God. Now, look real close at that because in my Bible I highlighted in principles but David. But David. And the reason I highlight that, it could go forever one of us, but Joel, but Tommy, but Dora. And so I put myself into the equation here, and as just as David began to encourage himself in the Lord, what do I begin to do? So when we see right there that he encouraged himself in the Lord, what does that mean? I believe, first of all, that he began to review back in his life all the time bad had experienced his life. And you think back when he was a teenager, and, and, and God came on his side when he was with the bear and the lion. And he began to remember God was faithful even with the lion and the bear. And remember when he fought this big Philistine named Goliath and everybody said there's no way he can win. And he remembered, God's on my side. God took care of me. When all the odds makers in Las Vegas said there's no way he can beat Goliath. And then all the years that he literally ran from King Saul and he hid in the the caves over and over again. So he began to remind himself of God's faithfulness. And he began to say stuff like this. I know God doesn't change. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever God. He's the God who promised to never leave me nor forsake me. He's the God who said, even in my weakness, I can say that I'm strong. And so in life's difficulties, do I encourage myself in the Lord? Or do I pull the covers up over my head? And I hope this day will just get over. Hold your place right there. I'm going to come back to this. Turn with me to to Psalm 34. Psalm chapter 34. I, I really want you to see this psalm here. That this passage teaches us what to do when we're in the valley of the shadow of death. You can hang on to God. Psalm 34 verse 1. I will bless the Lord at all times. The message says every chance I get. I will bless the Lord in bad times, sad times, mad times, angry times. Whatever season of life, I'm going to bless the Lord. Now, think about this in your life. And this is where the Lord dealt with me. He said, do you only bless me when life is going well? 
Everybody can do that. But do you continually bless him even when life is in difficulties? When you're in the valley of the shadow of death. And he said, I'll bless the Lord at all times. And his praise shall continually be in my mouth. Something happens when I begin to praise God. That's why when we come in here to sing and worship God, we ought to praise Him. We ought to exalt Him. Verse number 2. My soul shall make its boast in the Lord. Who I boast in the greatness of the Lord. The humble shall hear of it and be glad. And we highlight humble because in 1 Peter 5, He said He gives grace to the humble, but He resists the proud. You know what the humble person says? i got to have you, God. I got to have you. Verse number three. Oh, magnify the Lord with me and let us exalt his name together. The word magnify there means to make something bigger or to enlarge. This is what happens to us in life. We're going to magnify something. We're either going to magnify the problem or we're going to magnify God. And this is encouragement from David, a man who experienced hardships, who experienced great difficulties. But yet, even in those times, he said, I'm going to magnify the Lord and let us exalt his name together. Verse 4, I, I circle the word I, I sought the Lord. And because I sought the Lord, he heard me and he delivered me from all my fears. Understand the last part of verse 4, he heard, delivered from me from all my fears. This only happens when we seek God. To seek God, you know what that means? It's going to take some time. It's going to take some effort. It's going to take some energy. But here's how we are right now in our society. I don't have time to seek God. I'm busy. You think you could turn your TV off for a little bit? The average American watches six hours of TV a day. What about this? Oh, I could never put my cell phone down. I could never get off the internet. What about Facebook? I don't have time for God, but I got time for Facebook. And many times in our life right now, our identity is more in social media than it is God. I knew that hurt. And I didn't say you, I said our lives. The Super Bowl will last approximately four hours. How many of you will not only watch the Super Bowl, but you'll watch the pregame, the postgame, everything after it? I'm going to raise my hands. I'm going to be honest. I will. I'll watch every bit of it. I'll watch every commercial probably too. See, I'm just, just similar to you. This is our nature. But yet many times we say, I don't have time to seek God. But yet David begins to give us the key ingredients, the very things that we've got to learn to do when life gets really difficult. I sought the Lord, and he heard me, and he delivered me from all my fears. See, again, God's just waiting for us to commune to him, to seek him. Back to Psalm, or back to 1 Samuel chapter 30. Pick pick up with me in verse number 7. Now watch this, this gets really good here. Then David said to Abathar, the priest, Ahimelech's son, Please bring the ephod here to me. And Abathar brought the ephod to David. Now understand this about the ephod. The ephod was just a piece of garment. 
But when David asked for the ephod, Abathar and all his men, they knew he's going to seek God. When he puts that ephod on, he's going to get on his knees before God. And he's going to begin to call out to God. And the ephod was the garment that the priests would wear when they would go and petition God. And you say, well, I'm not a priest. Yeah, you are. Revelations 5.10 said he's made us kings and priests. And so you're an earthly priest. You're an earthly king. And just as David said, I'm going to seek God. And so on the worst day of his life, you know what he chooses to do? He chooses to seek God. He chooses to call out to God. Now, this is what I believe is taking place here. He needs a word from God, a special word at a special time or a special moment of God. And so he knows to get that raiment, to get that spoken word, to get direction from God, that doesn't come from breaking open a fortune cookie and reading, woo, a good day today. It's a great thought, but it doesn't happen that way. And it doesn't, as it doesn't come from listening to Freddie Facebook or Judy with the attitude. It comes when people begin to seek God and say, Father God, I gotta hear from you. And so the reign of the spoken word that he was looking for can come from the scripture. Sometimes have you read a word in the Bible or a verse and then it just rose up. It was like thundering in your spirit. It was like thundering in your heart. You said, that's God, that's God. You know, in, in Romans 8, verse 14 and verse 16, it says, those who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. What a promise. That the Spirit of God, this is verse 16, He'll bear witness with my spirit. God wants to lead us and guide us and help us, but i got to seek. i got to put that ephod on and say, you know what, Lord? I'm coming in here into your presence until I hear from you. So watch what happens in verse 8. He's seeking God. So David inquired of the Lord, saying, Shall I pursue this troop? You know, that seems like the natural thing to do. Would it be to go after him? But you know what? David didn't want to do the natural thing. David wanted to do the God thing. And he said, Shall I seek him? Shall I pursue this troop? Shall I overtake them? And God answered him, and he said, Pursue, for you shall surely overtake them, and without fail recover all. So you know what the rhema was? God said to him, Pursue, overtake, and recover. God gives him the very words that he needed to hear. Now let me paraphrase the rest of the story. David goes after him. And you know what happens? Exactly what Father God told him. He said, you pursue them, and you'll overtake them, and you'll recover all. And you know what he did? Exactly what God said. He got all his wives back. Bless him. He had a bucket full of wives. Bless him. Bless him. Got his children back. Except a couple of them. He said, Lord, you can keep that. No, I'm just kidding. He didn't say that. He got all his possessions back. And then you saw the real heart of God in David. All those men who wanted to kill him and stone him to death, he got all their possessions and their wives and kids back too. And he blessed them all. Every one of them. Now, think about this. This didn't happen even just because it happened in a good way. This happened 
in a dark time, in a valley of shadow death in his life, because he chose to seek God. He chose to inquire of God. He chose to praise God, even in dark and difficult times. I got one more passage I want you to go. Go to Psalm 91. Go to Psalm 91. So the reason I read that to you, we have the same opportunities as King David did. Ooh, I want to praise him at all times. I want to seek him. I want to learn to get into his presence. You know, there's been times in my life where there would be a day or two I'd sit around and whine and complain about everything that was going on in my life. And then I would begin to remind myself of how faithful God's been in my life. I remember, Father God, when you did this. And I remember when that happened. And I remember when it looked like there was no hope and you brought hope back into me. And again, it reflects back on the faithfulness of God in your life. Psalm 91, verse 1. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High. Do you know what? He gives every one of us in this room the opportunity to dwell in the secret place of the Most High. Anytime I want, I can come into the presence of the Lord. He shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. When you go through the valley of the shadow of death, you can still come into the, the, the shadow of the Almighty. And in that situation, I encourage you, come under the shadow of the Almighty. Get into the presence of God and say, Father God, everything in my life may not be going good, but I can still come under your shadow. And he says in verse 2, I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge, my fortress, my God, and Him will I trust. I can make that statement even in a tough time. Surely He shall deliver me from the snare of the fowler and from the fearless pestilence and under His wings or under with his feathers, and he's under his wings, you shall take refuge. His truth shall be a shield and a buckler. You shall not be afraid of the terror by night, nor the arrow that flies by day, nor the pestilent walks in darkness, nor destruction that lays waste at noonday. Now listen to this. A thousand will fall at your side, and ten thousand at your right hand, but it shall not come near you. Why? Verse 8. Only with your eyes will you look and see the reward of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. What a prayer. What a statement. He who dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And I'll say, I'll say of the Lord, And this is where we begin to jump in. Who do you say the Lord is today? See, every one of us in this room, we experience bad, trouble, tragedy. This may define you today. You may say, Pastor, I feel like I'm in the valley of the shadow of death right now. Some of you may say, I've been in it for a day, a week. Some of you may say, I've been in that shadow for a long, long time. But again... Because the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He wants to lead us and guide us. And so understand this, that God is the great God, that God takes beauty for ashes. God is the God who takes us from from mourning into dancing. And just because you may be experiencing a shadow of the death moment, doesn't mean your story can't change. 
just like David's did. Thank you for listening today. For more information, please visit faithchurchlubbock.com.